0: It's time for Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host Ben Bagley.
1: Welcome to Cougar Postgame Live. I am Ben Bagley, BYU Falls, Boise State for the first loss of the season 26-17 and it started out pretty much like fans and coaches drew it up if you're a BYU Cougar. BYU scoring on their first two drives and going up 10-0. And then the nightmare began in the second quarter after scoring on their opening two drives. This is what it looked like in the following drives for BYU. Punt, fumble, and while not technically a drive but a fumble on a kickoff, to turnover on downs, to fumble, to another turnover on downs. That's a stretch that spans the second and third quarter and it was detrimental for BYU. Those turnovers, first time this season, BYU gives up a fumble. First time in Tyler Algier's career, he gives up a fumble. He got two fumbles by Lopini Katoa. One is that one was on a kickoff right after Boise scored on a, on a turnover on a short field. Uh, led to another touchdown. Uh, then another one by Lopini Katoa in the second half. as it, it looked like he broke it open. One guy to beat, made the cut. The guy hit him on the, the helmet on the ball, popped it out. Turned it over. One fumble by Tyler Algier. And then to top it off, Jaron Hall with an INT at the end of the game. So that's not to mention. That's just the turnovers of the ball. Then BYU had two turnovers on downs. Uh, one inside the 10-yard line in the second half. One in the first half uh, about midfield to turn turn it around. Uh, stopped a scoring drive for BYU. So turnovers, the key to the game, really cost BYU. And what was a very winnable game? BYU loses by nine. And with that, with the four turnovers, uh, you can see where the difference was in that game. It's just it's it's simplistic in the game of football. You turn the ball over multiple times. You're going to have a hard time winning a game. And that was the case for BYU tonight, uh, as they fall 26-17 to Boise State. As I mentioned, that nightmare began in the second quarter. And I don't want to dig up bad, bad thoughts, but here we go. This is your second quarter stretch. It was an Algier fumble to a Boise State touchdown. Katoa fumbles the kickoff. Boise State touchdown. Turnover on downs. Boise State field goal. Uh, that changed the game. That three drive stretch for Boise State, all sparked by turnovers. Whether it was the two fumbles, or the turnover on downs. BYU did make a, a, a get a pulse and get some life in the fourth quarter, bringing it back with opportunities to, to score, and they did. Just weren't wasn't able to get enough as it, the ball came. As the ball game came to an end. So missed opportunities. Boise State, by the way. Interesting, and, and, and just to continue to emphasize these turnovers, Boise State only scored two touchdowns today. Both of them came off those BYU fumbles inside their own 25-yard line. Boise State gets the ball at the 24, touchdown. Boise State gets the ball at the 23, touchdown. Outside that for Boise State, field goals only. Four field goals uh, for Boise State, two touchdowns, and those touchdowns came with them getting the ball inside the 25 yard line so tough loss for BYU first loss of the season uh now BYU looks to do what Baylor just did Baylor was full they go to Baylor to look to return that favor Baylor was at 4-0 la- and lost last week to Oklahoma State they bounced back this weekend with a big win I'll give you more information on that game in a moment BYU hopes to do the same thing next week at and to the Baylor Bears BYU falls 26-17 to Boise State moving to five and one on the season coming up we'll get you down to the press conference rooms where Kalani Sataki and players will address the media Cougar Post Game Live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports
2: Network
0: this is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network now back to your host Ben Bagley
1: Broadcast booth where BYU fell 2617 to Boise State here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, first loss of season, sure to see BYU fall in the polls. We'll find out how far tomorrow when the poll, the AP poll is released at noon mountain time. Uh, looking at some college football scores, uh, I mentioned BYU traveling to Baylor next week to take on the now 5-1 and Bears, who moved to that record with a statement bounce back with a 45-20 win over West Virginia today at home. This was after losing to Oklahoma State last week, 24-14. Bears QB Jerry Bohannon, 336 yards passing with four TDs today. Next week's game will be a 130 Mountain, 330 Eastern kick again with a 1130 Mountain, 130 Eastern Cougar pregame live right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network other scores across college football in the top 25 the red river showdown was an exciting one as number six oklahoma comes from behind the largest come from behind victory for oklahoma in the red river rivalry history as they win 55 48 get this tied three so ten seconds left in the game oklahoma hands the ball off looking to take a Quick gain, set up field goal position, call a quick timeout, try to kick a field goal for a win. Instead, Kennedy Brooks, 33 yards for a touchdown with three seconds left on the clock, sealing the win for OU. Brooks rushed for 217 yards in that game, so a big win for Oklahoma. Sixth ranked in the country, and uh, they remain Undefeated. Other scores in the top 25 games in progress right now. A top five matchup with number three, Iowa, trailing number four, Penn State, with six and a half to go. 20 to 16, the Nittany Lions have the lead in that game. A final is number two, Georgia, beats down 18, Auburn, 34 to 10. That one was at Jordan Hare at Auburn. The Bulldogs, they also remain undefeated on the season. Ohio State. Hosted Maryland, and Ohio State just routed the Terps 66-17. Ohio State now moves to 5-1 and on the season, ranked number seven. Michigan State, 11th in the country. They beat Rutgers 31-13. Ole Miss hosting 13th-ranked Arkansas, number 17 Ole Miss gets the win, 52-51. Another game that lit up the scoreboard in the SEC, but Ole Miss gets the victory Arkansas, their second loss of the season. Number 19, Wake Forest, gets a 40-37 win over Syracuse. Number 20, Florida, gets a 42-0 shutout win over Vandy. Number 24, SMU, 31-24 winners over Navy. And games uh, coming up later tonight, you get number 9, Michigan, uh, taking on Nebraska. Number 14, Notre Dame, taking on Virginia Tech. LSU traveling to number 16, Kentucky. And number 1, Alabama hosting Texas A&M, as well as number 25, San Diego State. Hosting New Mexico, we'll head down to the locker room right now, where Kalani Sitake is about to address the media.
3: Jared, go ahead.
4: Kalani, what's your verdict from watching that game? Uh, what What did you see from from your guys?
5: Uh saw a lot of mistakes, and uh, against a, a good team, it's hard to overcome those mistakes. And um, and it's not just on one side. There's a lot of mistakes that we can go around and. I have to do a better job as a coach, getting these guys ready for this game, and um, you know, minimizing the mistakes. I, I thought we had a, a, a team and a setup to to make a comeback, but a lot of credit to Boise State and for Andy Avalos and and that staff. They had their guys ready. You know, they weren't they weren't playing with with a with a, uh, with a with, they had some starters that were missing in the game, and and uh, you know, they just stuck with their game plan, and, and uh, we made way too many mistakes, but. I say we made mistakes, but they made the plays. You know, we had – I think think we're just used to overcoming things. And, um, you know, I I felt like we should try to dominate the line of scrimmage. I don't know if we did that well enough, you know, and and give credit to Boise and the things that they did, adjustments justice they they did, their game plan. And um, I I thought our guys fought back and gave us a chance in the second half and, uh, you know, dug ourselves a kind of a hole there, but thought it was something that we could overcome. And, um, you know, even towards the end, they made that great throw to, to Shakir and made a great catch. And, uh, props to them for, for taking, you know, being aggressive and taking the shot downfield and, and basically trying to get the win, trying to make it a two score game. And, um, I thought, I thought they, they did a great job. They, they deserve to win the game. And we didn't do enough to, 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 to make that come down to the end and then give our, put ourselves in a position to, to get a W, but, uh, got to bounce back and, have a game next week and ask the guys to overcome this and, and learn as much as we can. And we we'll stick together, love each other, and and support each other, and and, and uh, you know, and see what we can do for the next week, and then try to learn as much as we can from this game and this this uh, you know this loss.
4: Talk about the line play because it seemed like they were able to run the ball more successfully than they have a lot this year, and and you guys weren't able to maybe run the ball as as well as 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 you have.
5: Yeah, I, th- I thought they they uh, you know they they met the challenge for us. Uh, they wanted the line of scrimmage, and, and I thought they did a pretty good job at it. You know, and um, I, I have to watch the film again, but I thought uh, defensively we gave up too many run yards, and I you don't know they have forty five for, for one forty. I mean, that's that's not great, but they 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 were able to get themselves a position of third downs to get shorter third downs and. And I thought they possessed the, the ball. And, you know, we, we made too many mistakes overall as a team. And so it's, it's not just uh, defense or offense or special teams. It, it goes all around. So, um, you know, they, they had a, a long return on a kickoff. And so um, you know, we, we just need to improve and get better. And that's, that's, that, that falls on me. I'm the head coach. I, I have to get our guys ready.
4: <laughs> Norma and then Jay.
6: Coach, I know you guys don't like to really look too far into the future, but what does this loss mean for the rest of the 2021 season?
5: Yeah, which is part of the football. You know, we, we've we uh, won games and lost games, and then I'm um, focused on trying to learn as much as we can from this game. And, and um, you know, but we're going to do it with a positive attitude, and, and I believe in, in, in these coaches. I believe in the young men, and uh, we're all going to, uh, you know, rally and, and, and uh, group together and, and try to get better. That's, that's, that's the goal. I I really believe we can play better football as a team. And, and uh, that, that's, that's what we're going to try to accomplish in the next week. And uh, we anyway, had a tough game going out, going out to Texas. And so we got to be ready for Baylor. And, uh, but, but we will be ready for them if we can learn and, and do, you know, take advantage of, of, of some of the things that we can learn from in this game and some of the failures that we had
6: where do you think it started to go wrong for you guys tonight? Like, was there a certain play, a certain moment or something that you're like, this is where we lost momentum. This is where we just fell apart.
5: I don't think we fell apart. We battled and had a, had a, had a chance to win a game. You know, that, that that's, uh, we had to overcome mistakes. We had some um, turnover issues. If that's what you want to go to first. Uh, it's hard to, to win games when you turn the ball over and I look at the fourth down stops as turnovers as well. So uh, we had a couple of those and you know, th- those, those opportunities that we had <laughs> in the red zone, um, you have to take advantage of that. If you're looking on it from the offensive point of view from defense, uh, we felt like they're on the field too long. From my my perspective, I feel like they're on the field too long and, and uh, you know, we were trying to own the run a little bit more. I mean, it could have been a lot better than what we did and, Yeah, I think if you're looking at points in the second half, I like the way the defense came back, and uh, I believe they scored six points in the second half. And so that should give us a chance to win. Um, It's difficult. You have to give them credit though for what they did against our our offense. Our offense had tons of yards, but you got to have points. That's going to be the key. And defensively, they they, for us they have some big plays, and um, you know we we had some penalties that were costly, and just got to play better. And that's we're going we're going to improve and get better, and, and make sure that we're ready for next week.
6: Jay, and
7: then Mitch.
8: Connie, you mentioned the fourth down stops, the one where you opted not to go the field goal, the, the one right before halftime that basically gave them field position that they turned into a field goal. Do you wish you could take those back or, or are you just one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I, we felt good about what the defense was doing and, um, you know, in the second half and felt like we needed two touchdowns, you know, and, and uh, we were so close and, and felt like we we've had some success with fourth downs and being aggressive and trying to get the score. Uh, yeah. If you're looking at hindsight, I mean, that's, I wish we could do that in life and just go back and re get redos, you know, but uh, in, in, in the moment when we're looking at uh, analytics and our feelings and our gut feeling and, and our preparation, our matchups, we felt, we felt those are the right decisions to make. And that's, that's my, that's on me as, as a head coach. I, Make those decisions and we gotta live with it you know when it's fourth and ten or whatever it was we went for it and uh you know it would have been good but i mean that's the, the turnovers cost us and the mistakes cost us i mean that's we weren't error free and and really any any part it's like that's you know we had some uncharacteristic uh penalties from some veteran players and stuff so that that's we, we just have to be ready to play and and um when guys are missing um, games and they come back from, from injury, we got to make sure they're ready to go. But uh, I, I give a lot of credit to Boise. They, they're ready to play. And, and I can't sit there and say that the mistakes were all our fault. We we just, you know, that's uncharacteristic of what we do as a team. So, and that's in all three phases.
4: Kalani, uh, the, the offense had some struggles on, on first down, it seemed like, uh, today. What was Boise State doing that, that caused you guys to maybe have some difficulties on those almost first down play calls.
5: Mm, I mean, it's hard to answer all, sum it all up in one answer other than, you know, we probably didn't execute well enough. You know, we, we felt like we had uh, a good sense of of the run game and even the play action pass game. We should win more in first down. So I I don't know exactly what answer you're looking for. I, I think I know what you're saying, but that's just, that's one of many things that we need to correct. And that's, not used to to not making more yards and gaining more yards on first down, and got to find a way to do it.
4: How did you feel about uh, Jaron's play? Uh, he pretty much st- stayed upright the the entire game. The offensive line gave him time; didn't take many hits until late. Uh, how did you feel about his overall play today? I
5: have to watch the film a little bit more and see, you know the decision-making and where he went with the ball. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his um, passing and, you know, it's hard to, hard to judge it all on that. I, th- I think uh, he was upright, but we'll have to see if, if you know, what we, what we could have done differently as coaches to put him in a better position to make plays.
3: Jared,
4: go ahead. Connie, you hadn't been behind in any game this year. You weren't behind very often last year what does it take for for guys to be able to you know kind of not get carried away i thought there were a couple of moments where maybe guys were trying to to press a little bit because you were trailing and and maybe trying to deal with that what has to happen to for the for the guys to be be able to handle that pressure and and you know that adrenaline
5: no i mean that's that's a hard hard thing to to overcome but the you know, the guys, I thought they answered back. I mean, we made some mistakes, but we're, we're pretty good position. It's to me, it's like the guys are, are, are reaching and not doing their part. That's, uh, you know, you can only do your one eleven. We always focus on trying to do that. And, and I mean, I'd have to watch the film a little bit more, but we, we, we had our moments, we had our chances and our opportunities. Uh, credit the boys to stay for making more plays than us. I mean, that's, it came down to you know they they made the plays we didn't and they executed a lot better than we did and um whether the guys are reaching or trying too much that's i think that's 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 human you know but uh trying to be more disciplined to do your job is 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 what we've been focused on we've been we've been preaching that as part of what we do as a team is to trust each other and probably have to watch a little bit more of the film to see if if we're reaching in blocks or reaching and trying to, you know, trying to make the play instead of so doing your assignment on defense and offensively, we're doing the right thing with our blocks. We're running the right routes. That's, that's something that probably have to evaluate, but yeah, that, that, when that, all that stuff adds up, then you're probably not executing well enough and that, and that it's when one or two guys break down and not doing their one eleventh. 11th. You
4: guys had also been very good at, ball security, it only had the two turnovers. And today, obviously, you know, that kind of went south, had some bounces that didn't go your way with some of the fumbles. Um, anything you attribute that to? Was it just, you know, one of those games?
5: Yeah, the, the nobody feels worse than those running backs right now. So we emphasize it and we explain to these guys how important ball security is. It's something that we've always – We're always preaching and it's something that I can never get enough of as a coach. I'll never tell a player that your ball security is too good. So it's something that we can always improve and always get better. I like their effort and I like them trying to to make plays, but uh, not at the risk of of losing the ball and and mistakes happen. Uh, It just seems like we made way too many today to, you know, to battle back from. And so uh, even with all those mistakes that were made, whether, it's so not converting on fourth down or, or the fumbles or the interception. I, I felt like the guys still battled and played hard and they, they give us their, their effort every time and just need to be a little bit more focused and a little bit uh, execute a little bit more efficiently.
6: <clears throat> awesome. Thanks so much, coach. All right, guys. Thank you.
1: Satake from the podium addressing the the media after BYU falls 26-17 to Boise State. We'll have more Cougar Post game live coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
0: You are listening to BYU football on BYU radio.
7: Throws wide open and it's a catch made for a first down.
0: Let's rejoin Ben Bagley for more Cougar Post Game Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
1: Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. Let's get back down to the post game media locker room where Puka Nakua is addressing the media.
6: It's just a matter of bringing our own energy. Obviously, the fans are always engaged when we're winning, and that's how it's been for the most of the season for us. But uh, we need to come out there and be our own spark, so the fans have something to be excited about. And I think we're able to do that sometimes, and uh, we're. And then we'd hurt ourselves with the penalty or obviously ball security was the thing. And we weren't connecting on all of our plays, but you're never going to have a perfect game. But I thought, I mean, I'm proud of the guys. I love those guys out there in that locker room. So it was a fun, it was not a, not a fun one to lose, but uh, it was a fun one to see everybody fight. And we know we had that game Uh, we just didn't play to the best of our abilities tonight.
4: What's the message now moving forward? Because I mean, coming off a loss, that can be tough to bounce back, particularly when you've been playing well and winning games. So what what has to happen now?
6: Uh, I think we're going to go in. Uh, everybody's going to go to church tomorrow, <laughs> relax, get the day off, get some treatment in, but then but we'll be back at it on Monday. We go out to Texas and we'll watch the film, clean up where we need to. Um, we, ha- we had a good game plan going in. We didn't execute the way we wanted to, but uh, I think it's just right after Monday. We got to let this one go. It's, it always sucks to lose, but uh, we we love and learn it here, so we're going to learn from it and be ready to go back next week. Awesome, any other questions?
4: Alright, thanks, Puka. you're good
1: to go. Speak Puka Nakua at the podium, uh, the post game locker room. That'll wrap things up for Cougar Post Game Live. The final score, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU Falls to Boise State. First loss of the season for the Cougars, 26-17. Now it's on to Baylor. The Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to game coverage of BYU football. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's head live to the Built Bar Broadcast Booth and join Riley Nelson along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All
7: right, the BYU falls for the first time this year. Your final score, twenty-six to seventeen. Boise State is victorious. This is the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Well, BYU had been so trustworthy when it comes to ball security, Riley Nelson, until today of all days, and it all kind of fell apart. Uh, The last INT, the last turnover kind of inconsequential. Uh, The game was decided, but uh, when it really mattered, the three turnovers lost all on fumbles after zero fumbles lost through five games, how they take it three today, and that becomes the ballgame for BYU.
2: And to me, it cuts both ways. And, uh, you know, you always appreciate Coach Satake, who this is his chosen profession. He's been coaching football for a long time, playing for even longer. And he talked about, you know, you got to credit that Two of the fumbles came out on like targeted punchouts, yeah. right? So good plays by the defenders, and then you, the other w- aspect in which you have to credit Boise State is they didn't give the ball up. This is a this is a BYU team that, you know, the turnover margin. Uh, obviously, you have that last interception, but 4-0. But for the meaningful parts of the game, let's call it three zero on the turnover margin. Uh, if BYU even gets one back and it becomes minus two rather than minus three, the complexion of the game probably changes. So credit to Boise for you know uh, applying their skill in generating a couple of those turnovers and credit to them on the offensive side for doing what has not yet been done against this BYU defense, and that's not giving up the ball.
7: Yep, conversely, no giveaways for Boise State on this day. We'll come back, we believe. Ben Bywater will be at the podium next in the Zoom Room as we continue on the new skin, BYU Sports Network
0: this is the cougar locker room show on the new skin byu sports network now back to the voice of the cougars greg rubell 26
7: byu 17 our final byu linebacker ben podium at the uh, ben bywater is at the podium in the zoom room let's join him
9: according to what he was doing, but they just they executed in, in, in a good way. I mean, it's hard to beat a team when when you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot with, uh, you know, turnovers and penalties. But, you know, hats off to them. Right. They, they played a great game and, and we respect them. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I think the boys will make a huge jump this week and uh, I'm excited for next week's
8: game.
4: How hard is that? You touched on the the turnovers, but you had a sequence there. I think second quarter where it was a fumble, they score a touchdown, another fumble, they score another touchdown, and then another turnover on downs. I mean, that kind of put the defense in in a tough spot that entire quarter.
9: Yeah, those are those are not you know situations that you want, right? We're not we're not planning on turning the ball over. We're not planning on having a kick return, you know, flip the field and have them have the ball um, attacking. So those are things that you, you know, as a football player, you just got to rally back and and bounce back from. So I feel like, you know, a lot of times in the red zone, we held them to three points and, you know, I'm proud of the way that our, uh, our defense fought, but obviously those are not situations you want. And, you know, and we'll, we'll clean it up. I'm, 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 I'm fully confident in the boys and uh, I'm proud of the way we fought back. Mitch and then Matt.
7: Yeah, Ben, uh, what was maybe the, uh,
4: a message from some of the captains in, in the post-game locker room to, to all the players, to the, the morale of the team.
9: Yeah, there was there was a great positive uh, vibe in the locker room. I mean, it was obviously no one wants to win. It stings. It stings going 5-0 and then having this loss to Boise State. But Coach Kalani, something that he kind of tells us all is it's the tough guys don't go out there all pouty and, and mad and, and sluggish and, you know, not hugging their family, right? Tough guys are the ones that go out you know, embrace their families. You know, people traveled. People traveled far um, to come visit their uh, team players and, and and the kids that are out here. So it was just, you know, Kalani was saying, go embrace them. That's what tough people do, right? Get over it and and move on to next week.
4: Ben, was there any element of, of maybe overlooking this Boise State team who got off to that two and three start?
9: No, there was no overlooking Boise. They're, they're a great team, and, and they – played hard and they had two, you know, uh, tough losses. So there was no overlooking them. It was just, you know, weather and situations that put us in, in tough spots and they were able to capitalize and we weren't.
3: Jared, go ahead.
4: Ben, the defense has had some of these, given up some of these long drives, but you've always been able to overcome it because you've been able to play from ahead. And that that makes a big difference. How hard is it as a defensive player when you're playing from behind and you know feeling like, hey, we got to make some big plays, and that urgency just ramps up. How hard is that?
9: Yeah, it's there's you feel you feel the pressure that hey, we need to go get a stop, right? Especially in the fourth quarter, that was kind of our our whole goal is get a stop. And unfortunately, with a penalty, you know, going off sides, we could have had a turnover right there. And then you know, number two, Shakur, he, he's a great player. So it's those are situations. And we, ha- you know, obviously this year we haven't played from behind. And so this was the first game. And so that was definitely different. But what Coach Kloon kind of um, emphasized with us was just don't don't change the scheme, right? Don't change what we're trying to do. Obviously, just be assignment sound. Beat the man across from you. So you don't need to go out there be the superstar. All you need to do is do your 111th and beat the man across from you and, and make a play.
3: Awesome. Thank you, Ben.
9: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
7: BYU Sports Network.
0: Whether your car has small tires, big tires. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
7: Quarterback, Jared Hall, just begun his post-game press conference. Let's listen in.
4: Jared, you just referenced the inability to finish some of those drives especially in the fourth quarter why do you think the offense struggled in the red zone uh in that second
10: half uh penalties just just uncharacteristic things of ourselves once again we talked about it um you know every game it's it's our focus in the red zone you know we can't beat ourselves and we've done a great job of that for five games that's why we won five games and and you know of course the the game we don't do that um you know that's the result so we'll get better though we'll bounce back on monday you know we know exactly what we need to do and you know, we're still very confident. We know the type of team we have, the type of dudes we have, and um, we'll bounce back.
8: Aaron, <clears throat> what effect do you think the rain had, uh, especially starting there in the second quarter, just on the game itself?
10: Well, anytime it rains, you know, you, you tend to run the ball a little more um, depending on how the ball is feeling. So um, the run game has always been great for us, so we began to run the ball, and that was really part of our offense anyway, so. I wouldn't say it had much effect because um, you know both teams had to play in it. So they just handled it better than we did.
8: And then what about just first down? You guys always seem to be just not getting much out of first down. Why was that?
10: Defense had great calls, and we didn't make plays.
6: Jared, go ahead.
4: You said that, you know, you you feel like these things are things you can clean up moving forward. And, you know, from an outside perspective, it's like, oh, you lost the undefeated season. Who knows what this means down the road inside yeah. the program? What's the message? What's the discussion? What do you guys say to each other at this point?
10: Go in the next one in, at Baylor. That's the ne- that's the focus. You know, even after one of five games, there's never a talk about going undefeated or, or what's down the road, because that's when you end up shooting yourself in the foot. So. It's always week by week for us, game by game. And so our focus now is just to, you know, go out there and correct our errors and and win next week.
4: Awesome. Thanks, Jaron.
10: Thank you. All
7: right, that's Jaron Hall. We will come back. Hope to be hearing from Samson Nakua on the headset after this. Final score, Boise 26, BYU 17 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Our last segment of the Locker Room Show. We'll have Samson Nakua on the headset from the Cougar Locker Room area. BYU wide receiver Samson Nakua with his second touchdown as a Cougar today, and it was a beauty. Tough day for you and the boys, Samson, certainly, but thanks for taking a minute to uh, talk with us. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah.
11: Thanks for having me.
7: Wow, the way the game started, right? 10 uh, nothing lead, the first touchdown from you was a thing of beauty. If you don't mind, um, if you could maybe take us back to, to your thoughts when, when Jaron put, put that ball up in the air to the back left corner.
11: You know, honestly, I thought he was going to throw it out of bounds because, you know, <laughs> the play got stopped a little bit. They threw, the, they threw a perfect uh, defense call for it, and uh, the guy was playing over on top of me and I saw Jaron let go of it, and it was coming my way. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if this guy's going to pick the ball, but I need to go do something about it.
7: And it was like guys boxing out to get a rebound. Like, who's going to get that ball?
11: Exactly. And they don't know I'm LeBron James, honestly. So <laughs> I, I knew I was coming down with that ball. Well, it was a
7: beautiful play and, and, and a real high point for this team. And and you guys have been used, Samson, to games opening like this, right? You, get, you score first, take a nice lead. Where do you think the tide really turned for you today?
11: Um the little details, um, being disciplined, um, penalties, holding to the ball. Um, it was really every little thing that we've done the past, the first five games that we were doing so good on that. It came into play today that we just, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we slacked on uh uh, we just weren't disciplined enough honestly and uh it showed today a lot
2: yeah samson that's uh you're taking ownership and self-evaluation is always the first place to go but i thought boise did some nice things including doing some things that i i don't know that uh i saw them do previously in, in the season uh did you see that out there on the field were they giving you looks or or stuff that uh maybe you hadn't seen or were they just, you know, executing at a high level?
11: Um, no, they definitely came out with a high level to play today and they just came in throwing uh, new stuff at us that we were not prepared for. Um, they had two different corners out there, too. Their two of their starting corners didn't come out. Um, so those two that came in was it, it threw us off a bit, too, a little bit. But, you know, I think the biggest thing was just our discipline. Um, we shot ourselves in the foot so many times and uh, it really seemed to screw us over a bit.
7: So in a game like this, Samson, where you realize that, wow, it's 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 like a drive we didn't finish here, mm. uh, a drop ball here, a fumble here. It, it, if you're so close, this isn't like a need for like a major overhaul as much as it is a, a chance to fine-tune. Is that what you're saying? I mean, Yes,
11: exactly. It, nothing major. There was nothing that they were throwing at us that we weren't like really ready for. Like, yeah, they might have thrown some new stuff, but dang, um, anyone that comes out, anything that anyone throws out of it, throw at us and our team, we're usually always ready for. And it was just those little things that just kept uh, holding us back, whether it was a penalty or losing the ball. And um, we just got to come out a lot cleaner. And I think if we do clean those things up, um, we're up 10-0. We don't fumble the ball. We march down that field again and go 17-0. And then we come on and kick off. We hold on to the ball, and we go march down that field, go 24-3. And, uh, yeah, it's just those little things that really screwed us.
2: Samson, uh, I, I, obviously you guys are the ultimate competitors, and you want to win every game. But uh, the pressure of an undefeated season and, and the streak is, is off, un- you know, unfortunately. So does that allow you guys to play a little bit more free? Were, were guys feeling the pressure leading into it? Or, or, or is it kind of business as usual, even now that you're 5-1 and one instead of 6-0? and oh?
11: Yeah, it's business as usual. Um, we definitely wanted uh, to do something special here, and uh, we can still make that happen. Um, one loss doesn't define our whole season. Uh, we show up Monday, coming ready, uh, ready to learn, ready to fix our mistakes, and ready to come out and play Baylor or whoever we got. Like it, it, this one loss definitely does not define us. We've been we've been rolling. You know, no one's perfect in this game. And it showed today that no one's perfect, and we Boise came and capitalized. And you know, we just show up Monday, and we'll be ready to go.
7: Baylor beat uh, West Virginia today, 45 to 20 was the final score. So Baylor looked good. They're five and one. You're five and one. That's a good battle down in Waco.
11: Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, this one hurts for sure. But, you know, we we love and we learn and we let go. And uh, Monday we show up uh, prepared for Baylor and whatever they're going to throw at us. And uh, we prepare for our schemes and our system. And, um make sure they're ready for us.
7: Yeah, no better way to get refocused than another P5 and and on the road and you guys are going to spend a lot of time on the road here in the back half of the season, Samson. So, uh whatever you get, you'll truly earn as you uh, as you take on some hostile crowds and play some good teams away from uh, away from the Beehive State in the back half.
11: Yeah, it is. It's going to be it's going to be really fun, but people don't realize that, you know where Wherever we go, it's always a home game for us. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
7: Well, we look to see some BYU fans out in Waco tomorrow, our next weekend for sure. Samson, thanks for your time tonight.
11: Yep, you guys have a good one. All
7: right, that's uh, Samson Nakua joining us and closing out our Big O Tires Cougar locker room show. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Next up, it is the Larry H. Miller Cougar postgame coaches show. Kalani Sitake will be standing by. We'll talk with the coach as we continue on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
10: You named her some...
0: Post game coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Also by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at EconPartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
7: BYU falls by a score of twenty six seventeen today. I, I tweeted the stat out, but. Uh, 17 points is usually not going to win you a football game. And, indeed, uh, when the Cougars don't get more than 21, they've lost 19 straight games. Uh, these are these are tough games to, to win the grinders and the teens, and it was going to happen for BYU today. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio.
7: Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you in our Built Bar broadcast booth. BYU falls by 9 today and loses for the first time this year. I mentioned it right at the tail end with Samson, but uh, the next game for BYU, it's uh, Baylor back out on the road, and uh, Jerry Bohannon had a heck of a day today. The uh, Baylor quarterback, 18 for 29, 336, four touchdowns, and no picks as Baylor beats West Virginia. Now West Virginia's struggling. They're down, They're now 2-4. and four. On the year, but Baylor bounced back really nicely from a kind of a lackluster effort against Oklahoma State to get to five and one today. And um, you know, this this is the kind of game. Uh, I I don't know whether it's good or bad, Riley, where you can say, well, it's like it's like you know, two touches of the ball kind of cost us the football game today, and it really was kind of literally that way when you consider that Boise's only two touchdowns came on the two short fields given them by BYU inside the 25 of BYU on a fumble on a handoff, and then a fumble on the ensuing kickoff return. Literally, back-to-back touches are fumbles, and those are the only touchdown drives Boise puts together. It was just that narrow today, the margin.
2: Well, and for whatever reason, uh, this... Well, Greg, you t- we talked about this in the pregame and uh, well, and throughout the broadcast as well, but you talked about Boise did what BYU has done in the previous five opponents, and that's... Be- uh, BYU scores, makes it a one-score game, and then Boise comes back and answers with the field goal to make it a nine-point game. BYU had done that in the five previous games, yep. and so uh, what that illustrates to me is that this team, for whatever reason, does not get out and l- and gap people. Right? They have they have lived on a relatively small margin of error, yep. and were able to to stay on the right side of that margin in the first 5 games and this game two fumbles happen on back to back possessions and it flips them and uh they were unable to overcome it so we'll we'll see if they can somehow do something to be a little bit more like last year's team where they were able to get out and then increase the lead throughout the course of the game but if they keep it close then uh, the opportunities for mistakes and to overcome mistakes uh, will not always be there.
7: And it's one of the reasons good backs like Jackson McChesney and Hinckley Rapati don't play is because the games are too close. They're never in that game. They're always in a close game. It's been that kind of game for now six weeks. And yes, BYU has been on the right side. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a very narrow margin indeed. And today the margin went the other way against BYU. Let's bring in the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake, is joining us on the headset as we continue with the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Well, Kalani, uh, you know, this one uh, clearly uh, you know leaves a mark and, and will you know leave a few folks maybe shaking their heads on the drive home tonight as to how this game turned out the way it did. In one way, it's kind of simple, and that is if you give them the ball in a short field, they might score with it, and that's what happened today a couple times.
12: Yeah, and, and you know, just to those fans, thank you for coming to the game and making a lot of noise and uh, bringing the energy appreciate them the 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 fans the student section the rock were were, uh, amazing today so thankful for them Uh, apologize about the the result felt like uh, we definitely didn't play our best and we made a lot of mistakes and um, you know I'm I'm glad that the guys were able to fight through things but uh, just did not uh, make enough plays for the win and did not put ourselves in position to overcome the mistakes that we made in this game
7: among the more frustrating games you've coached
12: yeah yeah definitely you know and really frustrating because that's something that's like uncharacteristic of us of of how we play we usually i mean these these are two guys that we f- we feel take care of the football for the most part and uh just goes to show that we we can all get better you know we, we uh, there's some things that you just uh that that football is so important and um you know we we know mistakes happen but it was just a uh crazy amount of mistakes that happen over and over and over again and uh you know there's there's not any side to blame except for the whole team and and uh it was my job as the coach to get get them ready and get the coaches ready and the players ready and we didn't do that enough and, and we didn't do enough of the little things to get us this win and huge credit to to boise they, they 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 had a great game plan and they executed and they you know they didn't turn the ball over like we did and they were more efficient so uh, they possessed the ball and limited the opportunities for our offense to get the, get get possessions. But our offense didn't do enough with the possessions that they had.
2: <clears throat> Coach, in evaluating mistakes made uh, during any game, win or loss, how are you able to determine what is, is maybe a troubling trend versus just a, a singular uncharacteristic mistake?
12: Well, I think for us is to get back to the basics and get to work. Uh, you know, I. Uh, nobody likes to lose, but I like to learn. I like to learn from, from, uh, you know, these setbacks and I, and we're going to, we're going to take every advantage of an opportunity to get better and to learn. And so that that's from everyone in the building. It's not just the, the players, it's the coaches, it's all of us, it's myself, you know, and, and, uh, I'm looking forward to, to, to getting back and and playing this game next week and, uh, out in Waco and, and, I'm um, looking forward to seeing Grimy and, and Mateos and, and that team, but but we're gonna have to learn from this and, and we're gonna have to be a lot more focused. You know, I, I think that um, when when you're having success, uh, pride is one of the things that you have to over, you have to try to fight against. And, and this is very humbling for all of us to go through this. And and uh, now we'll go right back to the basics and get back at it. And, um, you know, I told the guys we stick together. We, we love each other and, and keep working hard together, but that's gonna be the key is for us to bounce back. and. Luckily, we got a game right around the corner, so so this is a good way for us to get back and compete and show that we're much better than what we did today.
7: Even though Boise came in two and three, uh, do you think the entire team had the kind of re- uh, respect that, that Boise's earned through the rivalry over the years?
12: Yeah, I I, I didn't think that there was a lapse uh, a, a lapse in in respect or or you know like we weren't prepared um, to get their best. I, I felt like. Uh, things are going really well and then we started making mistakes <laughs> and, and uh, the mistakes on top of each other and and um, you know in the second half we felt like there was enough time to try to fight back and get back in this game and and, and yet there were still a few more mistakes in the, in the second half and and then we just ran out of time and and they made plays and you know we're down by six hope, hopefully hopefully I think it was about seven minutes left in the game and and looking forward to getting a stop, and, and we just couldn't get the stop. The credit to them, they th- they threw the ball deep to Shakir, and, and it was a great catch and, and throw. And then they ran some clock off and kicked the field goal. We we're down by two scores, and,
7: yeah.
12: and that was kind of the ball game. You, you know, ran out of time. Um, defense didn't get off the field fast enough to get our offense more possessions, and the offense didn't take advantage of the possessions that we had. And I think the special teams were kind of a wash.
2: Hey coach this might uh, be a question better for Harvey Unga your running backs coach. Well let me ask you, at, at any point in your career have you coached running backs or you always stayed on the defensive side of the ball? No
12: nope, I've coached running backs before. I, I coached uh running backs, tight ends, o-line. So so let me ask let me ask quarterback. And
2: let, let me ask this then um because the two uh, on the kickoff return and on Tyler's they were fighting for extra yards, and uh, and a secondary or a, even a tertiary, or a third defender, were the ones that came in with the punch. And how, how do you coach that? A guy, you know, to always be aggressive and fight for extra yards, but also, it even despite having the ball, because both of them had the ball high and tight in good position. It was just a defender punching it out. How do you coach that that balance there between aggressiveness and fighting for extra yards and ball security?
12: Well, you you don't ever sacrifice uh, the ball for extra yards. And that's that's something that we preach. We talk about ball security often, and it's probably one of the mo- more things you hear after everybody runs the ball. If there's any air, if there's any, um, if it's not high and tight, you'll hear somebody, either myself or other coaches, preaching ball security and high and tight. And so it's something that we 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 constantly remind them about. And um, you know, I think some of the guys felt like they can make extra yards and and uh, risk it and and don't know anything other than tell you that we've, we practice ball security. That's something that we, we, we take. Um, you've been at our practices before and oh, you yeah. see that's something that we really emphasize. And um, sometimes experience is, is, is the best teacher. So uh, right now we're feeling really, really bad because we didn't take care of the football. And that's, uh, if we took care of the football, maybe we're in a better position now. Maybe we're all happier. And then, um, but I, I hate limiting, it, just for pushing it to that because there's enough mistakes on the defensive side, you know, but you're not going to win a lot of games with only 17 points, and um, that's just what it comes down to. Defense were able, was able to get some stops but didn't get out, didn't get off the field fast enough, and so uh, all those little things added up. Um, you know, we didn't convert on, in the red zone when we should. Um, all those mistakes are just – we just couldn't overcome all of them at once, you know, and they piled up on each other, and then with all that said, the guys – uh, there was no no quit. I didn't see a lack of effort. I saw a lot of energy and a lot of energy from the fans, and it was just disappointing that at at, at the end we 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 weren't able to to pull off this win. And um, but we got to learn from it. And and I, I think the guys feel sick about it, and that's fine. You should feel sick about it, you know, because we talk about that football as a program. It's everybody's hopes and dreams are are in that football. So. Uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll reemphasize how important that game is, the game is, and how important holding that football is, and and how important it is for our defense to get the football and get some turnovers. Yeah, I mean, no
7: takeaways for the first time this season. Come exactly.
12: On. You know, so uh, Boise did good, to take care of the football, but we didn't really help ourselves either. You know, we didn't uh, do anything to, to to swing it our way. So um, there's a lot of blame to go around, and that's all starts with me. I got to do a better job getting these guys ready and getting them focused and all that stuff. And I apologize to the fans, but I'll I'll make sure that we we learn from this and we'll be better next week.
7: That'll take us to our Economics Partners valuable stat of the game. Brought to you by Economics Partners. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise. One of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. And today, although it worked against BYU, the valuable stat of the game – was the turnover number and BYU's four giveaways today the most in a single game since four against UMass in that 10-6 home loss to UMass during the 2017 season. BYU minus four in the margin today and that's the worst margin number since uh, minus six at Utah State also in that 2017 season. So that's the valuable stat of the game today brought to you by Economics Partners. More with Kalani coming up as we continue. This is the Larry H. Miller, Cougar postgame Coach.
0: You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
7: Back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium here in Provo, Utah. Sellout today for this Saturday afternoon game between BYU and Boise State, 63,470. Boise goes to 8-4 and four in the all-time series against BYU and ties the series in Provo at three games apiece. This is the Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, brought to you by Larry H. miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. miller Auto, driven by you. On the last play he made today, uh, Kalani Jaron Hall uh, threw that pick on which he took a straight shot in the chest um, from a defender. Um, How did he come out of that hit and this game today, health-wise? Do you know?
12: Yeah, I I think he's going to be fine. I mean, obviously it was a shock. You know, nobody likes to get hit, whether – you're coming off injury or healthy. That's a that's a tough shot to take, but uh, yeah, I know, I know he's trying to make a play, and we're down by two scores, and th- that was disappointing that he got hit on that play. But but I think he's going to be fine.
7: How would you say he did in his first game back today?
12: I thought he was good. I, got, I have to watch the film a little bit more to see um, where he went with the ball and the decision making that that he had. It, it, you know whether um, you know look just I want to look at his reads and see if he's going to the right progression. And making the right decisions and that's hard to do unless you watch the film and well um, other than that he took care of the full boxer for that last play but um you know I, I felt yeah. like we were just made a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes from a lot of different guys in, in the entire team and offensively we couldn't get really things going because uh, the momentum you know we couldn't we couldn't take advantage of, of big plays and, and opportunities and uh, for all the the things that we did on the field, it's, it's tough to come away with only seventeen points.
2: Coach, three uh, Boise, your defense held Boise to three yards per carry, uh, yet they still stuck with it. They were committed, rushed it forty-five times. Were you surprised to see that commitment to the rush, especially coming in? They were struggling running the ball, and I mean they struggled today, but it seemed to be the foundation that allowed them to chew clock and maintain drives. Yeah,
12: I think they're they're they're. You could kind of sense after halftime they're ju- they were just gonna do whatever they can not to mess up and and uh, some safe throws you know other than that one deep throw in in the fourth quarter everything was pretty safe the run game was safe and they were trying to get the third and and uh, short third and medium and give Hank Bachmeyer a chance to make the throw and that's a good, good good plan they had the lead you're know, they're trying to protect it and you know they they felt I think they felt like on defense that they could bend and play good red zone defense that they can they can uh, bend but not break and obviously it worked out for them. They, they, we've done that before too as a defense where we say hey let's just uh, burn some clock and let's defensively give a little bit but make sound tackles and keep everything in front of us. Uh, even when they did that we still made some big plays and we just didn't take advantage of it and taking advantage of it means that we get more points than on the board and that we on defense we get some turnovers. I mean there's, there's enough blame to go around and I just look forward for us to learn learning from all of them, and guys are feeling bad, and they should, you know. But but um, I'll feel even worse if they don't learn from this and then get better, you know, come Monday.
7: Challenge is pretty stout, right? You head the road, uh, P5 program, Baylor team that scored 45 today, so uh, it 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 regains the focus pretty quickly, doesn't it?
12: Yeah, and and, and there's guys on that staff that know know us. I mean, um, you know, Eric Mateos is the O-line coach, and Jeff Grimes is the the OC, and so they. They left us to go there, and, and, you know, they're from there. So I think they know our offense. They know our personnel. They know our defense. And so it's going to be a great challenge for us, but we're looking forward to it. And, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, coming off a big win. They're having a good season too. So we're I think we're same records or whatever. I, yep. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're both 5-1. You're yeah. right. So it's going to be a, g- a good game, and, and um, you know, it couldn't come sooner enough for me. I, I want to get back on the field and compete.
7: Speaking of Baylor, will you get Baylor – at Baylor. Will Baylor Romney be at least available to you to to play if needed at Baylor?
12: I feel really good about it. I think he, you know, just talking to the trainers right now, they they feel good about h- him um you know, participating a lot more than he did this last week. So uh th- th- there's a, there's a I think that's a, that's a it might trend the right way for us.
7: Okay
2: looking beyond Baylor coach uh, the first half of the season uh, in in my opinion obviously with the sting of today but an unmitigated success 5 and 1 if you duplicate that in the last 6 you know 10 and 2 and that's uh, there aren't a lot of programs that can say they had a, a regular season to that level but one of the things that I look at that might pose a unique challenge and I want to get uh, you know this team's what will be this team's approach is that you had four home games in the first six now that flips, and you're going to have four road games against quality opponents. Is there anything different about the preparation or approach knowing that uh, you're going to spend the second half of the season majority on the road?
12: You you know there's something about being on the road that that unifies the team, and um, we have a great camaraderie and love for each other. But now going into a to a hostile environment, there's just something about it where. We have to. We have no one but each other to lean on and to depend on now, and so now, now the focus comes back to the fundamentals, the small, simple things that will give us, uh, you know, the chance to win. That that that's what it comes down to, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I, we love playing at home. I, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get the win for the fans, but at the same time, now it's a chance for us to to kind of, you know, have each other's back and be ready to go out there. I mean, it, it's. I'm pretty sure they're going to be sold out over there too. So. Uh, there's a lot of energy that's coming from, you know, we, we saw our team respond the right way when we went to Utah State, so hopefully we'll get the same type of response when we, when we go up there to, to Waco.
7: Yeah, it's homecoming for Baylor. I think this game's been sold out for a while, and a lot of BYU fans will be in the stands. It should be a great environment, another Saturday afternoon game down in Big 12 country, and we all know that uh, in a couple of years this will be a, a conference game when it's played. and So it's a fun way to maybe get uh, the Big 12 rivalry started uh, next Saturday. Yeah,
12: the, the fact that 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 we're going to that conference is it's going to be a lot of fun being in that country and that that part of the country and um, you know just looking forward to the matchup. I I know that uh you know weather might be a little warmer than it is here and so our, our guys are really excited about the game. But um, this one stings, but we got to get over it. You got to get over it, and the best way to get over it is go to work. And so looking forward to getting to work. I mean, I mean we'll go to church tomorrow and then uh, you know I mean we. Whether we win or lose, we have to learn and we have to get better. And so uh, I really believe our team is going to answer the right way, and uh, you know, hopefully that shows in, in the way that we perform next week.
7: All right, Kalani, thank you for the time. Uh, have a great Sunday, and we'll we'll talk to you next week.
12: Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank okay. you to all the fans that came
7: and support us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kalani. That is Kalani Sitake, and tonight's Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Cougar Nation now brought to you by BYU Creamery. That'll begin next. We'll have the first segment. Uh, with Boise State head coach Andy Avalos. So we'll hear from the coach of the opposition to kick off our program coming up next. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. On Twitter, you can tweet your comments, opinions, thoughts. Hashtag BYUCNN. That's hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation Now. You can email us longer thoughts. Cougar Nation Now, one long word. Cougar Nation Now with two N's at the back of the word. Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. We'll continue from Provo, where Boise State defeats BYU by a score of 26-17. to 17. <laughs>
0: You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar Broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel
7: to three and three. BYU falls to five and one. 26-17. Broncos over the Cougars. Turnover trouble did the Cougars in today. Minus four in the turnover margin is all you need to know about today's game. It really is the game. Uh, Let's begin BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now by hearing from the head coach of the Boise State Broncos, Andy Avalos. He spoke to the media a short time ago.
9: Coach, uh, you guys have been through so much tough things this season. I mean, you guys come in here, you guys get a a win over a top ten program of your arrival. What is this moment like right now? What's the feeling right now?
13: Just happy for the coaches and the players, um, you know, for being persistent and um, being real with each other and and figuring out some things that obviously we got to do a better job of and going and doing it and staying together. we obviously got a lot more to to keep uh, growing on and correcting on, but right now we're going to enjoy the fact that we kept perspective and we worked hard harder than we have each and every day this week than we have all season. And the guys are finally starting to understand that to be our best for four quarters each weekend it takes working hard every single day, and they did that this week and they they took it upon themselves. And so we got to continue to build on that.
2: You've been through this as a player. I mean, what can a win like this do for this team?
13: It's a huge win. I mean, obviously the record's a big deal. Um, Playing a a team like this and, you know, being able to do what we did today on the road in their stadium. they got an unbelievable team and coaching staff and all that, but this is just part of reestablishing the foundation, reestablishing what Boise State has always been about, and that's about hard work, diligence, and taking care of each other. And this just shows what happens if we, if we can do that consistently and we can rebuild that into our foundation, what we're, we're capable of.
2: And the running game looked as good as it has, maybe better than it has all season. I mean, what do you attribute that to?
13: I think it looked as best as it has all season. There's no question about that. The guys working hard, not getting down on themselves, having confidence and working together. Um, and again, we found some things that we can do well and that, that fit who we are. And so we just got to keep building on those. And uh, those. the O-line and the running backs and the tight ends did a tremendous job today in the run game. We're so proud of them. Um, we got to keep growing. We can't stop. We know that. Um, but we're going to celebrate the things that we did well today. Thanks,
12: Coach.
8: Andy, what can you say about your defense? Uh, you know, four turnovers. I know one was on special teams, but you're playing without both your starting corners. You lose JL in the second uh, quarter due to targeting. You got some guys in there that haven't played a ton this season, and you guys do what you did defensively in this game.
13: The corners stepped up. That was unbelievable. And that's that's what, again, that's how the team prepared all week. And we knew we were going to be missing some guys going into it, and then uh, Damon Cole goes down there early on in the game and no, he steps up and balls. Samaj, you know, jumped in there and got a rep. He's been a safety that we've been working a little bit at corner, and and he jumped in there for a few plays today. But, no, he did an unbelievable job. Those wide receivers, I mean, they've been getting after a lot of people. They've been playing with their length, their speed, and their ability to go up and and get the ball, and then just how persistent we were. We obviously, uh, um, early on there, the first couple drives, you know, they had some success but it was just about getting settled in and not getting rattled and that's the difference when you come into games like this you got to get settled in it's going to be a little bit faster than it was at practice and the guys they stayed calm after the first couple drives and I don't believe uh you know we gave up points there for the next couple quarters And, and that's that was awesome to see how they responded and you know they did a much better job against the run game.
8: How important were those two uh, fumble recoveries there, one on defense and then one right after you scored on the kickoff, uh, two short fields, you scored two touchdowns there. I mean, that obviously was well, a big it, swing in the game. And then
13: the stop on that, the fourth down stop too, right? I mean, that, those are huge we where, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, the middle eight, we, we finally did a good job, a really good job on both sides. And it was a whole team effort. You know, we sit here and we talk about the defense, offense and everybody or why we didn't do well in the middle eight. Well, because it's a team effort and that's what it was today. we got to continue to build off of that.
8: And then, obviously, Andy, you know, they scored. They got it to within six. The place was rocking again there midway in the fourth quarter for you guys to put together maybe your best drive of the season offensively when you needed it there. Nine plays, 71 yards. You get down, make the goal and go up by two scores. Uh, We've talked so much about the second halves and all that. How big was that drive there to put the game
13: away? That, that put the game away. You said it. I mean, that's how big it was. It was uh, it was the final blow. And there were some big-time plays on that drive now. Um, you know, and and not only within running the ball and, again, making the defense fit those run plays physically and wearing them out at the line of scrimmage and then taking some shots there, you know, Hank did a good job giving the wide receivers an opportunity to go up and compete for it.
0: Your guys reference that photo that BYU took on the blue last year. What is it like not to just get a top 10 road win, but, but to do it against a team where your guys clearly felt um, some passion playing against them today?
13: Yeah, you know, they they worked for it. They weren't going to leave here without it, Jay. They weren't going to leave here without it today. We came down here, and, well, it was earned during the week. I'm just going to leave it at that, and they know that. I can't go into everything that we did this week and, and – um, not just on the field, but meetings and how they prepared to go into meetings and how they decided that they were, you know, we're going to do things different. And it wasn't just the coaches leading, the players led it, and they held each other accountable, and that's what happens when you do things like that.
7: The State Broncos and Diablos will come back and continue with BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Brubel.
7: Boise State 26 and BYU17 is our final score. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu on the email. Do some trivia right now for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. Use the hashtag BYUCNN. And the first correct answer with that hashtag to cross my timeline will win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now. It's brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. All right, here's a question. As of this moment, as of this moment, which is the only FBS team yet to trail in a game this season, which is the only team in the FBS yet to trail in a game This season, there's only one as of right now. Coming into today, BYU is one of those teams yet to trail, but the Cougars trailed and lost today. So as of right this moment, which is the only team in the FBS that has yet to trail in a football game this season. Do you like the question, Riley?
2: I do. I really like it mostly because I I don't know the answer. Mitch, you
7: got a feel? I've got a guess. Okay, well, don't guess yet.
2: Yeah, because we don't want to we don't want to limit it. <laughs> uh, honestly, I thought you were going to go baseball theme, so we could you know we talk about how much this one stings and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I thought you were going to say cr- you know Chris Taylor in the wild card game against the Giants had the fourth postseason uh, walk off home run for the Dodge in Dodger history. Mm. Obviously, Kirk Gibson was the other one. Who are the other two? But I actually do we'll know the other two because I watched <laughs> the game. <laughs> yeah, and they said it after <laughs> he hit it. Who are they? Max Muncy. Yep. And Justin and Turner.
3: Had Justin
7: no Turner. That's right. Anyway. Okay, that, that wasn't our question tonight. So, so
2: Mitch, I have a leftover cookie from the halftime hey, break, and Mitch earned the oh, good BYU for you, Mitch. Media Box go. By the cookie. way,
7: uh, the, the first answers I've received are all incorrect. Everyone, So I've had I've had Alabama be a guess. Yeah, I'm no. sure everyone's
2: going through the top four. Georgia, no, no, no. I bet they no, threw no, out they, there.
7: they may not know the teams yet. Uh, uh. Alabama uh, trailed, just took a lead against Texas A&M, I think. Georgia got scored on first by Auburn today. And so neither Georgia nor Alabama nor BYU, obviously, are the correct answer. So we're looking for the answer to the question, which is the only FBS team as of this moment yet to trail in a game this season. And the stat is still holding true as of this second. Use the hashtag BYUCNN, and the first correct one across my timeline wins two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. And I think we have our first correct answer. I scroll, I scan, I scroll, I scan, I scroll, and I think I see... That, indeed, David Scoresby has the first correct answer. David Scoresby was first. No, Cade Scoresby, beg your pardon. Beg your pardon. Cade oh, Scoresby, Michigan. I know Cade. Do you? Cade, Cade and I
2: were in the same ward down here, down in Provo, back, way back when. Michigan so is the answer. You? That does not surprise me at all.
7: Michigan just took a 3 0 lead uh, against Nebraska, and they are the only team yet to trail in the game this season. I,
2: I considered myself a college football junkie even back when I was playing, but Cade always put me to shame. So really? The fact that he knew that within minutes. Doesn't surprise.
7: Okay, so Cade, thank you. Congratulations. I'll uh, I'll be in your DMs, and you can look for information from me, so we can get information from you, and get to you your two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. All right, um, David Welker. Uh, had, had a few uh, tweets in using hashtag BYUCNN, and I want to see if I can choose the one I want to work with uh, from David. Um, he said, uh, it seemed like Boise owned the line of scrimmage over BYU, much like BYU did over Utah. And he says, did BYU get out-schemed against an injury-depleted Boise State? And let's do reiterate that they were down a bunch of guys today, a lot of starters. Of course, every team deals with it this time of year, but Boise was down some substantial people. They're leading rusher, other uh, two starting corners, lost their starting leading tackler safety to a targeting call. So they were down some people and in a pretty rough spot. Um, thoughts on that, just about the point of, of Boise either, A, owning line of scrimmage, or um, you know what is it that allowed a team that was kind of depleted injury-wise to, to make it past pass BYU today?
2: So this, this is... Uh <laughs> I I'm gonna risk I'm gonna risk exposing myself. I hope none of the coaches are listening to it because uh, they they might get mad at me. But um, what I'm gonna say is, offensively, Boise State continued to run that center pole essentially as a trap block scheme. Right? Sometimes it was two man traps. sometimes it was one gap trap. But w- when that happens, when you're getting beat on man based schemes with pullers, you cover up all the linemen so that you can't have a free guy pull. Essentially what Boise was doing is they lined lining up at the line of scrimmage, and whether it was a guard uncovered or a center uncovered, whoever that was would pull to the play side, kick out the end, and they would go down, down, and around on the BYU defensive front, which was allowing them to – and keep in mind, they only averaged three yards per carry, but it was positive – it kept things positive enough that they were able to give clock-chewing drives and keep the ball away from BYU. So that's one where – Maybe there was a, a little bit late to to react schematically um, on the, on that side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, I don't know. Mitch, do you have any thoughts as far as that's concerned?
3: I, I mean, I think you can say yes. And, and the reason is coming into the game today, um, we, we've seen, and I mean especially last week, we've seen some big runs, uh, running backs get to the second level. We didn't see that today, right? I, I think the – what was the longest run was it the lopini Katoa 13 BYU's long run? run.
7: Uh BYU's long run was actually the Jet Sweep by by Puka oh, 16 right. yards. Well yeah, that's
3: that's so, your so longest tyler, run. So Tyler's,
7: Tyler's long run was 10. Uh-huh. Uh, P.E.'s long run 13 and Jet Sweep gets you 16.
3: Yeah, so I mean outside of those, right? There weren't uh, we couldn't break the
7: second level. Um, and I thought they did a pretty good job Whether it was uh, I mean I was In Boise was over. one of the worst teams in the country in allowing Big runs coming into today. Yeah. They'd allowed, uh, I think, 33 scrimmage runs of 10 yards or longer, which is one of the uh, worst numbers in the country coming into today.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, and, and you look at it today, it just, it, and even from down on the field level, it just it seemed like Boise came out to play v- a very physical football game. And, I mean, it showed. There were some, uh, a lot of those. I mean, you even saw in the fourth and Was it the fourth and long one where they gave the ball to Tyler? Tyler was driving and driving and and using everything he could, but he just couldn't break it, and they were more physical. Um, And it seemed to be pretty consistent from quarter one to quarter four. So, uh, yeah, I think they did. uh, I mean, they really stepped up, um, played a physical defense, and and prevented our backs from getting to the second level, which proved to be uh, a big impact.
7: Their coach just said that uh, Boise was not leaving without it today. It, it, you could clearly sense there was a, a heightened level of motivation for Boise State today that may or may not have been present with uh, with BYU. Um, I'm not sure that you can ever – again, I said I said I used the word anxious before the game about this game because it was looking like people felt more and more as the week went along that BYU was in better, better shape. Um, but it's still Boise, and, and uh, you, you can't ever, ever look – I think record might have – taken a little bit of the edge off. In fact, they were 2-3, and three, lost at home to Nevada, lost two home games already, but it's still Boise. And, um, yes, BYU might have uh, given them two short fields on which they scored touchdowns, but, you know, it wasn't just as if BYU dropped the football. The ball was being forced out uh, by guys that were after it pretty hard. And, and no takeaways from BYU on the other side for the first time this year and it's been a pretty ball-hungry BYU team that didn't get a single uh, takeaway uh, today. Stephanie emails in, now at BYU.edu. Obviously, today was a frustrating game, she writes, but I've noticed that every game this season, BYU takes a quick lead but then seems to let the other team back in the game. What have you seen that BYU is doing or not doing to let the other team back in the game? And even though it resulted in only a field goal, I, I thought I thought Boise's field goal drive after going down 10-zip uh, was hugely important, and I think that might have included a third down and 11 conversion, if memory serves. I just felt that if, if BYU got 10 nothing and a 3-and-out, they could have really put a bit of a hammer down on this one. Um, and, you know, Boise scores field goal, it's points, and then fumble, fumble on the next two touches for BYU, and that kind of was the ball game. Uh, but it is kind of a pattern, right, uh, where the big lead, the two-score lead goes away, never all the way away, but today it did, and then the Cougars found themselves playing from behind for the first time all year, and uh, never found a way back in.
2: A base philosophy is to kind of be bend, don't break. Look for your opportunity to create a, a chaotic, you know, a chaotic event. Whether that's you know blitzing on the pressure or you're doing something on the back end of the defense that where you're able to pick the ball off. But against the guy, and I'll, I'll credit him, even though you know his stat line was not impressive at all. Hank Bachmeyer. Um, hold on. Well, I won't look it up. Sorry, what, do you, what do you want? No, I've got I was just so 18 for 29 for 172, no touchdowns. Like you know, 60% completion percentage, 111 passer rating. Like he was underwhelming if you just look at the box score. But the way that he managed, every time BYU tried to create chaos, he managed it. He got the ball out quick. He didn't take a sack. He got him out of a bad play and into a better play. And so uh, BY- with BYU's base philosophy of being one of bend, don't break, and create havoc against a very experienced three-year starting quarterback and Hank Bachmeyer, who's cool, calm, and collected, uh, he was able to kind of neutralize that philosophy. So where in the past, BYU would have been able to, you know, stop stop a guy. They weren't able to, to stop Boise, at least, uh, in a meaningful way.
7: But it wasn't a typical Bachmeyer game that way. Uh, his numbers were much better on the season than they were today. Right. But uh, you know, who's to say that wasn't by design? Uh, once you make Boise... Uh, one-dimensional. I think you like your chances a little bit better. He was averaging, you know, more than 300 passing yards per game. He ends up with a buck 72 today, and that comes like uh, largely in part to the 35-yard completion to Shakir late in the game, where they kicked the field goal, which was a tremendous play by Shakir, by the way. So if if, if Boise was was toward the one-dimensional, it was the running and not the passing. They they, they had 45 carries today. BYU had 27. I thought BYU would be the team with 45 carries today, and that Boise State would have the 27. I thought BYU would be a 40-50 to carry day today. Instead, BYU snaps 10 fewer plays than Boise and passes 10 more times than they rushed. That surprised me. I thought it would be a heavier running than throwing game today uh, today for BYU, in part because of where Jaron was on his recovery and the weather being a function of it. Um, Didn't turn out that way at all, but of course... Uh, you know, more runs uh, might have been more opportunities to expose ball security issues today. And as it was, it was tough enough with two fumbles on 27 carries plus a fumbled kickoff return. It also goes and and the kickoff return situation is inter- an interesting debate. In that, I think Lopini fielded at the one or the two when he came out, and we've already talked about the notion of fair catching inside the five. You get to the 25 without any harm done. In this case, harm was done on the attempted return.
3: Right. It almost seems like now a tw- if you get to the 25. Uh, and you return the kickoff that's a great kick return like you don't see many people when they bring it out to get past the 25 yard line and so yeah i mean yeah the argument probably stands and i guarantee the conversations will be had now that
7: if it's not a touchback you it's don't inside, try to return it just no one's catch. doing it no one's doing it nationally i mean if it's very few busted returns i heard i was listening to a game coming in today fair catch at the 16 i yeah. mean even the 16's like i'm not I'm not going to risk anything i, mean, I c- might might i get 10 yards maybe but uh if you're if you're a kickoff team why not just see if you can place it between the twenty and the goal line consistently, and 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 then take your chances that way.
3: Yeah, unless you have a top returner in the country who's who's proven to break away some big plays on kick return, you know. Utah State, for risk. example,
7: Savon Scarborough, They went. Yeah. They went uh, plenty of touchbacks against him last week up in Logan. Yeah. yeah. So there could be days where you designed to do that, and certain days we say give him a shot to have him make a choice.
2: I mean they. <sighs> They brought it out, obviously, and we didn't get a chance, uh, darn it, Greg. I probably should ask Coach uh, Sitaki this question. Um. But I didn't want to get down into the granular, you know, grilling of coach after a tough, tough loss. But they brought it out with Javell Brown, who was returning his first kick of his BYU career. Obviously, they saw something schematically that they thought they could take advantage of, which is why they brought it out three times. We haven't, you know, I'd be surprised if that weren't a season high in kick returns. So they obviously saw something. And unfortunately, their attempted aggressiveness and taking advantage and a weakness in Boise's coverage team um, backfired.
7: As we go to break, uh, before our final segment, uh, the BYU women's soccer team is playing over at Southfield on BYU Radio 107.9 right now. And now that's a team on a mission. Uh, they lost to Utah State to end non-league play, then took two weeks off, and then opened league play with a 6-1 win, a 7-0 win, and now a 3-0 lead against San Diego. So BYU's outscored their WCC opponent 16-1. to in the first three matches of the season. Jason Shepard and Rachel Manning-Jorgensen have the call right now over on the FM, and it's also on the BYU Cougars app. Go to soccer, click on radio, and you can hear the call live right now. We'll come back with our final segment of BYU Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, or the email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now, one long word, at BYU.edu.
0: Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
7: BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu on the email. And it's on the email that we hear from Scott B. who says, BYU got comfortable and flat got out efforted by Boise. That includes the running backs fumbling. I think BYU got out-efforted, he says. Boise didn't outman BYU. Boise wanted it more. That's what I saw, he says. And and I don't know that you're going to get Bo- Boise in a more vulnerable spot with the uh, top running back out, two starting corners out, losing the safety, this top tackler in the game, coming in, losing record, having just been uh, kind of whooped up on by Nevada in the second half. You're a, a team that's lost leads in the second half and BYU had a chance to kind of cut into it in the second half and did make it a one-score game. It's as vulnerable as Boise's going to get, and yet uh, it was not enough on this day. And uh, the, the the turnover number is the one that's glaring uh, for a lot of obvious reasons. It's BYU's worst turnover day, you could argue, since the the, the, the losing season of 2017. You know, that's where they had seven turnovers against Utah State and were minus four in a game uh, later in the year and had three fumbles against UMass um, in a game you lost to UMass. So it's, it hadn't happened in a while. And so that's what makes today's game so uh, tough to, to kind of swallow is that things that weren't a problem became a problem today and ultimately, uh, you know, helped lose the game uh, for, for BYU. Correct. But but it, what, what Scott says in terms of effort and want was kind of reflected in what the Boise's coach said in the postgame. Riley?
2: So uh, um – Nick Saban, and there's plenty of these that make the rounds on the internet, but, like, he's notorious for a lot, like, a backup will go in, oh, they'll be up 30 on someone in the third quarter, and someone will have, like, they'll jump off sides. And he'll pull them out, and he will just, honestly, he makes a fool of himself. He just loses it and throws the headset, and he's getting in the face of an 18-year-old kid and absolutely berating him. and But, like, Alabama doesn't ever have those flat days, and you think like how? How can they have such sustained sustained success over such a long period of time? Granted, they've got a recruiting advantage, and they've got all these, but like a lot of people recruit good players, a lot of people recruit talented players, and I'm not saying Kalani needs to do that. What I what I'm doing is that's his way, of of keeping everybody at attention all the time and it is incredibly hard to do and I know the staff is trying to do it Nick Saban's been you know doing it at Alabama for a lot longer um, and and he's figured out ways that work from him even if it's you know making a fool of himself and berating his player on the sideline but every team that experiences prolonged success which this BYU program has over the last two seasons is um, you know vulnerable to complacency and how you overcome that? Uh, you know, I don't know. If I had the answer, I'd be coaching instead of up in the booth with you guys, <laughs> Mitch.
3: No, I think. Um, I mean, you remember Riley as a player. Like, when when you're going into a stadium, especially on the road, and you're an underdog, uh, playing a ranked opponent who's on a high. I mean, you almost a lot of that pressure to perform at a high level goes away because. There's nothing to lose, right? You have that nothing to lose, to lose mentality. You're s- yep. you're supposed to lose this game, and, and and you see it on the field, guys. I mean, that's that's why we see these tremendous upsets, and it's the the team that usually is the underdog that ends up winning. It's because they're having fun out there. They're flying around. There's there's they're they're not too worried about the details. And the other team is and playing
2: tight and tentative. Exactly, yeah. and and
3: I, I think that's what we saw with BYU today, right? And, and and maybe it's not an issue of they weren't prepared for this game. I think they were, but they just it, it was they had all this pressure built up, and and once I, I it, mean, once
7: it began to go the other way, is
3: when I thought things got worse. Exactly, exactly, because I mean, again, they hadn't been down in a season. They're almost like, hey, what's going on? Like, who's going to be the one to step up to get us out of here? And, and we didn't really see that player step up to. Um, you know, flip the script for BYU. So uh, it it was, I mean, this was a perfect situation for Boise State to come in and and get the upset on a a very high-riding BYU team, and and they got the job done.
7: Email from Alex will be our final comment. Oh, do you have something else, Riley? I do not, Uh, Email from Alex uh, for our final comment of the day. He said, I'd love to hear Riley's thoughts on Jaron Hall's reads. It seems he was a bit slow on some throws. Your thoughts?
2: He was a little rusty. I don't know how much he pr- he's practiced, you know, trying to get back. I know that they've they're ch- they've been resting him, or, or at least from what I've been able to garner. I'm not in the building, but from what I understand, and, well, and having experienced rib injuries on my own, one of the worst things you can do is continue to be active throughout the healing process. It's basically one where they need to shut you down completely. So mm-hmm. well, I know he was back practicing, I don't know in what capacity this week. And uh, th- so, yeah, I... I saw Rust. I saw his timing was off. He was late. There wasn't a lot of anticipation. He was late on his deep balls. I know physically he lost juice on the deep ball. I think about the over that he underthrew to for an incompletion to Sampson. That was, you know, that was cake. I think all of his deep balls. Even though Gunner made a great play, Puka made a great play, but like they were they were short and they were kind of fluttery. So uh, we didn't see we didn't see tip top uh, Jaron Hall today and then just like little bad habits creep creep in for every quarterback that that uh, only game time game film exposes right practice film doesn't always expose it like he was patting the ball a couple times which made him late to the flat or uh you know i think about that uh and it w- we ended up scoring the very next play but he threw that little inside fade route to Samson Nakua, um, at which Nakua caught out the back of the end zone. The reason he caught out the back of the end zone is because Jaron double padded the ball. That's got to be when you take the snap, step back, and it's got to be out of your hand. But uh, I, that that's not fatal. I mean, ultimately, Jaron wasn't. I, very hard-pressed to say Jaren's the reason we run the game because he threw for over 300 yards, 60%, threw for a touchdown, and the pick was, you know, even Kalani himself absolved him of any guilt on that. You're down two scores trying to make a play with uh, under two minutes left. So he wasn't the reason, but uh, the, the nice thing is he's going to be able to go and watch film. I think he'll be the first person to see and, uh, and recognize that he wasn't uh, sharpest and will address it, and hopefully we see a better version next week.
7: Yeah, we'll see how the quarterbacks uh, prepare this week for Boise, or rather for Waco. I beg your pardon and Baylor next Saturday we'll see if Baylor Romney is in the quarterback mix as one of the guys available for next Saturday's game. It'll be an 11 11:30 a.m. Mountain Time pregame and a 1:30 kick from Waco, BYU and Baylor next Saturday in a future Big 12 game. This is a non-conference affair of course for the for the uh, for the Bears who uh, defeated West Virginia today by a score of 45 to 20. A couple of years from now it'll be a league game in the Big 12. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's thank our our Cougar Nation listening audience for tuning in and chiming in on cougar nation now mitch glad you made it up here safely cold day today wet day today you survived everything all right i did yeah were you well covered up
3: Yeah, it was pretty good it was, wasn't too bad uh, in the right um was it the second quarter when it really started coming down it mm-hmm. was um yeah i got a little cold socks got wet but i, I feel pretty dry now so <laughs> okay.
7: all good All right, uh, for the crew back at BYU Radio, our engineer, Sean Fay. Our Cougar Canyon engineer was Barry Squires. Our control board operators, Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff. Our coordinating producer, Terry South. Our BYU Radio administrators, Sean O'Neill, Don Scheline, Dane Craig. Our broadcast intern at BYU Radio, Bryce Snokes. Our broadcast intern here at the stadium, Trevor Rice. Our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter, McKay Perry. Our engineer, Michael Wimmer. That's, I think, everybody except for the guys with the headset on, right? All right, so for the man to my left...
2: Riley Nelson.
7: And the gentleman to my right, Mitchell Juergens. My name is Greg Rubel, thanking you for tuning in. BYU falls to Boise State today by a final score of 26-17. to 17. The Cougars go to 5-1 and one on the year and look to get back on track next Saturday against Baylor. Again, 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time pregame and a 1.30 Mountain Time kick. So for all the aforementioned, my name is Greg Rubel, saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network, good night and so long from Provo, Utah.
0: You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics, in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
7: Heard it here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.